going through this series called Foundations, and we've been digging through the core components of Christian life, and we've talked about the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, talked about sanctification, talked about a number of key components that we think as as a pastoral team will will bless you and give you a firm foundation for walking in your faith. And so this week, I want to jump into another one, and it's the topic of fellowship. Will you pray with me? Lord, we are grateful that we get a chance to dive in your word. May it speak to us. May we learn more about you and understand ourselves uh, that much more as a result of understanding you. Use my tongue, Father. Move me that people may just be able to understand you better. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Have you ever been to the, to the mall to go shopping? You are, you're in a retail store, and this store has some clothing, and you find that outfit that you finally wanted, that shirt that's killing it with the boots. Ah, uh, you've finally found it, you go and look at the price tag, and maybe this has happened to you. You look at the price tag, and the price tag says, free. Never never really works out that way, because the retail industry isn't set up like that. It's not set up to have free items. Or maybe you have watched the the big game, a, a, a team sport, And you had one team line up, maybe it was soccer or rugby or football, one team line up, and then the other team comes out, and it's just one one player. No, it doesn't really work like that, because that's not not the way that team sports are set up. Have Have you ever known of a Christian that is alone? Alone. No. Because that's not the way that God set things up so that you would be alone. This topic that we're talking about today is a topic of fellowship. And we're going to understand God's design for us as his children. So we would understand that we are never alone. He gives us himself and he gives us one another. Would you turn with me to 1 John Chapter 1. 1 John is a little bit more in the back of the Bible. Chapter 1, verse 1. 1 John, chapter 1, verse 1 through 7. See, somebody else got the tickle in it. Mm-hmm. We, we. It's my brother. All right, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hearts concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him 
while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's a man who wrote a book called Your Father Loves You. His name's James Packer. He defines fellowship as this, and fellowship is a Greek term used, uh, which is called koinonia. He says, uh, fellowship comes from the meaning of common or shared. So fellowship means common participation in something, either by giving what you have to the other person or receiving what he or she has. Give and take is the essence of fellowship. And give and take must be the way of fellowship in the common life of the body. There's another definition that says um, mutual association or a mutual willingness to contribute. Fellowship is this, this experience that's not just a single entity, but there's a, a mutual experience. John is going to bring us into what fellowship is, but he kind of sets the context first. He says, before I can start talking to you about what fellowship is, I got to help you understand the God of gods, the Lord of lords, so that you get the dynamic that you're entering into. He almost sounds a little like he's describing two things in this verse. He starts off describing what seems like two things where he, he speaks in big terms as if he's describing something that is he mentally understands, but then he describes it on a relational term as if it's something that he's experienced. You've been through this before. Uh, I, I, the, the most pronounced experience that I've had of this was when I had preached about God being sovereign. I talked about God's safety. I knew God protected and watched over me. So I could tell you God is a God that protects. But then when I was in a, what I consider was a near-death car accident, I felt like I touched God. I felt like I connected with God. I felt like I experienced God in a very different way than when I was talking about him from a big picture standpoint. Yes, he is safe. Yes, he is a protector. But he just grabbed me, held me and protected me. You're going to see in these first couple of verses that that's kind of how John starts describing our God. Look at verse one. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen which are with our own eyes. Now, first off, that which was from the beginning takes you back to Genesis. You already know when you hear beginning, it's like a, a reconnecting to, to something that was pre-earth, pre, pre, pre. It's like, how do you define forever? And this John is welcoming you into, there was one that existed before existence existed but I got a chance to hear him. I've got a chance to see him with our eyes, which we looked upon and we touched him with our hands concerning the word of life. So now it takes this big in the beginning God and he uses that John like phrase. Kind of like our Detroit like what up though. When John says word of life, you know, oh, click, click, Jesus Every time, John, if you go back to the book of John, word of life, Jesus, 
And so now you get this in the beginning, God, but all of that in the beginning, God made flesh. And John says, I seen him. I touched him. I heard him. Gives you the the context for being able to understand what this fellowship is. Verse two, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. This Jesus, this word of life, John has a, a, an end goal in mind that as he's going to talk about fellowship, there's an end goal in mind and the end goal is eternity. Eternity. It's something that we all have to wrestle with. Consider when we start talking about the beauty of what fellowship is, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more in a second. Fellowship matters because eternity matters. And you may be a person that's a very like okay with being individualistic, okay with being to yourself. Don't feel like you really need the help of other people. But if you feel that way with God, you are compromising your eternal destination. If you believe that you don't need a loving God to bring you into a saving relationship with a father who loves you and that you can walk this walk alone, you're fooling yourself. Eternity is at stake. And so what what is eternity? Eternity is God's dwelling place. Eternity is where Christ is today. Eternity is where Christians will dwell forever. Eternity is a city designed and built by God. Eternity is a paradise. Eternity is a place where worship will happen without distraction. I can be off key and I ain't messing up nobody in the room. Eternity is where we will serve without exhaustion. Eternity is where there will be fellowship without fear. Eternity is where we will be able to no longer experience fatigue or pain. Eternity is where we will find true rest and never be bored. That was a... That those last five were from an article called Heaven. What is it like and where is it? You see, there's, a, there's a, a big thing at stake. And fellowship helps us to be able to experience the beauty that God offers us in eternity. And John is trying to bring us to a crucial point. Look at me with verse 3. Verse 3, it says, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So if I'm first setting up that this God is the God of everything, but he's also the God that's intimately connected in your day to day. You can see him, touch him, experience this, this, this God is Jesus Christ, the word of life, and there's an eternal destination that happens as we submit to him. One of the ways in which we experience that is through fellowship. And, and our, our brother John says, hey, I've preached and I've shared the reality of fellowship and I'm proclaiming it. Proclaim just means to preach. And that's something we're all called to do is to share who Jesus is with others. He says, hey, I'm, I'm preaching this. But ultimately, what I want is for you to have fellowship with God and me to have fellowship with you. 
that there's a, a mutual experience that I want to take place, one that isn't, doesn't involve me, one that's a mutual between God and you together, and then one that does involve me between you and I together. That fellowship takes on kind of two roles that we see here. But you, you might want to ask the question, so what do, how does a mutual experience happen with a holy God? Because if, if, if fellowship is something where we are coming together, then what is, what, how am I giving of myself and God giving of himself and we sharing in a mutual experience? Look with me in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and it'll be up here. It says, uh, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if you want to ask if this is a, a mutual experience, a, a, a sharing what is God giving? God is giving himself fully and placing himself in us. Look in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 through 7. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. Family, you, if, if you are wondering what fellowship looks like, well, first on, on God's part, he gives himself and says, I want to be in you and make my light shine out of you. I want you to be a little lantern for me, blinding folks all over the place. This is what fellowship looks like, one where there's an intimacy between us and God. But then what do we give? There's a song called uh, Beautiful Exchange. And, and they, they, y'all know that I'm not going to get y'all. One day, though, I'm going to get these lessons, and I'm, gonna, I'm coming for y'all one day. <laughs> but it's one of those times I wish I could just belt that mug out because it's it's such a, a great illustration of like God gives us so much and we can only give him what he asks. But what he asks can feel like everything. He asks for our hearts. He asks for our, our minds. He asks for our love. And so as he gives us all of him, he's asking for all of us. And there's this mutual sharing that takes place, this true fellowship that takes place. And I want to say to you today, if you don't have fellowship with God, where he dwells in you and you give of yourself, you are in jeopardy of losing eternity. Like it's, it's, it's that real that, that this God loves you enough to say, I, I can be in fellowship alone. The Spirit, Son, and Father can do its thing alone in love. And he looks at you and say, but, but I want you. 
but I, but I want to give of myself into your life. But I want to be in a relationship where we are linking together in an intimate fashion that's bringing myself glory. And do you want it? Is that something you hunger for? Is that something that you desire? Or do we get, do we get the fellowship experience reversed? Do we prefer the communal fellowship first and the God fellowship second? You see, I'm going to help us see that without the fellowship that happens with God, we cannot have fellowship with one another. God's been so generous to us. There's a story that is told that one day a beggar by the roadside asked for alms from Alexander the Great as he passed by. The man was poor and wretched and had no claim upon the ruler, no right even to lift up his, uh, 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 his hand towards the ruler. Yet the emperor threw him several gold coins. A courtier was astonished at his generosity and, com- and commented, Sir, copper coins would adequately meet a beggar's need. Why give him gold? Alexander responded in royal fashion. Copper coins would suit the beggar's need, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. You see, this God has given us abundance. He generously has given the fullness of himself and says, and I want to dwell in you. And all I want, all I want, which feels like we're giving up way too much sometimes, huh? All I want is you, your life. So there's this oxymoron to, to, to consider that Christians could ever be alone. Jesus pours out himself to us. And so being alone is something that just can't even be fathomed in the mind of the believer because we have the opportunity for beautiful fellowship with God. And what John found joy in and what we should find joy in is when other people get a chance to experience that fellowship with God. I, I am I am. I had a guy who um, who had a uh, a bent towards depression. And some of the only times I saw him have joy was when he was discipling another person. And that person was growing in Christ. I, I don't know how you define joy. My prayer and hope, though, is that you would find joy when you see somebody else loving Jesus. That it would do something to you to rock your world to say, man, if I can't get excited about that, if I can't get excited about somebody having a new eternity, if I can't get excited about somebody feeling like while I might have thought I was alone, now I have a God who is constantly with me, not just with me, dwelling outside of me, but in me. If I can't get a, find joy in that, then, then, then what, what are my values? What is my purpose? What am I, what am I doing? And so in verse four, he says, and we are writing these things to you that our joy may be complete. Family fellowship 
is being focused on God. Fellowship is being focused on God. But continue with me in verses five and six. Uh, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. We could simply substitute the terms, the words good and evil for light and darkness. So you could simply say uh, that God is good and in him is no evil at all. Because what that those are what you'll see like represent good and evil. The beauty of fellowship is that it is directly God caring for us as he wants us to be caring for one another. We are not called to be about our own agenda simply, but about God's kingdom agenda. But that happens as each of us is willing to, in our personal fellowships, personal fellowship experiences with God, be willing to assess what is good and what is evil. God, what good are you calling me to as a person? And what evil are you calling me to call out, challenge, or rid myself of? That's, that's, this, is, this is why fellowship and friendship are very different. Friendship is built upon you and I. What are the core values that we deem are essential to this relationship? Fellowship is actually very different because Jesus defines the parameter of the relationship. And so it may it may actually have a serve a very different purpose. Fellowship. Has an internal and external impact. I was uh, I I was raised in the hood and um, ignoring you is quite easy for me. Um, we would, we went, we had corner stores all through my neighborhood. And if this is the corner store and this is the door, each of these would be brothers lined up. They might be hustling something. They might be just waiting to get some money. They might be doing whatever. So yeah, I, as far back as I can remember, mom would take me to the store, but then I got swag enough where mom let me go to the store by myself. I got to a point, though, where these six men lined up. I didn't even see. I walked right past them, walk in the store. It, it's, 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 it's not intentional, but it's, it's, it's a, it, for me, it was a, a, a film of, I ain't trying to buy nothing. Nope, Ray Ray, I don't want no, no Cadillac for $2, like, I'm just trying to go get some milk. I'm just trying to do what mama say. And, 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 and over time, though, what I realized was that there was like this classism that happened in, in my heart. Where it took fellowship with another believer as we're going somewhere and I walk past a person like they ain't even there. And they're like, hi, how you doing? You, you, didn't, see those, you didn't see those three people. You didn't hear a dude ask you for something. You didn't, you, you, oh, you see, now what God began to expose me through fellowship was that internally 
I had some stuff to work out because I was not seeing all people created in the image of God. But I I would not have saw that had it been just my homies from high school who we just kick it in as friends. That's just what we do. They ignore them just like I'm ignoring them. But now, see, Christ has reset the parameters. But we can't have that if if I'm not willing to pursue Christ myself and you willing to pursue Christ yourself. And then we come together and he says, and now let me show how y'all both going to shine. And sometimes y'all are going to shine and sharpen one another. You see, internally, God uses fellowship to grow us and allow us to look more and more like him every day. And that is for our personal good, that we might be sanctified to look like Jesus. But it happens externally as well. I was at college and a, and a dude that um, went off to a Christian camp. He comes back and he's trying to talk to me about Jesus. Before I know it, we're studying the Bible together. We're like, all right, man, we don't really know much. So let's go to this campus crusade meeting. We go to this meeting at college and uh, we walk in the door and it was maybe about I, I, I shouldn't say the number. I can't remember. It probably was like eight people, but it felt like 400. Because uh, when we walked in, we was the only two black dudes, and, you know, cross colors was big then, so I'm coming in, swagging, like, okay, let's go study about Jesus. And, like, what well, probably was eight white people looked at us, but it felt like 400 and was like. <laughs> and they didn't say, hey, come in. Um, y'all here for the Bible study? Didn't say nothing. And, and I don't know, had the, had, the, had the shoes been turned around and that happened, would I, I don't know how I would have responded. And I was 19 years old, too. So I'm not, I'm not trying to fault them. What I'm saying was that experience led me and my boy to go back and pray and say, but black people on our campus want to study the Bible. So let's start a Bible study for them. You see, fellowship has an internal impact where God's got to do some stuff in you and, and we sharpen one another. But it also has an external impact where we together shine a light unto this world that I can't do alone. That I need you. And when we do it together has great impact for the world. And and I'm, I'm and Steve Wahomey, bless his heart led me to the Lord, and that ministry led other people to the Lord. If I could start listing off all the things that that fellowship has done, if I could tell you that, that the reason we have colleges and universities is because Christians experienced fellowship and started learning about God. The reason I can tell you that we have hospitals is because Christians got together to care for those that were hurting. That's fellowship. The reason I can tell you we even have um, means of compassion is because Christians listened to Jesus. Jesus was radical in that he said, don't ignore these poor, care for them. What? The poor were discounted people that you wouldn't even want like to clean your boots let alone give and come and wash their feet. And it was fellowship that began to create these ministries of caring for the hurting and broken. 
fellowship family. Fellowship is, is, is being a force used for God's glory. It may be that force that's being used in your personal life. It may be that force that's being used in this community. It might be in this nation and world, but it is a force that is used for God's glory. Lastly, verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all his sin. This one's uh, kind of straightforward. You know, pastors like to like go deep and have some like really new profound stuff. But this is pretty straightforward. We need to be shown our sinful nature. The Holy Spirit does that. God does that as we have fellowship with him. But also it happens as we do life together. That God is revealing our sinful nature and God will expose it and reveal it to us. But sometimes he will use a sister or a brother to walk with you and help you grow because you and I have already been cleansed. God is saying, I have set you up to have beautiful communion with me. I want you to experience the beauty of eternity. You are now redeemed. And every time you walk out of sin, it's you revolt, re, re, going back to your old nature. Because I've made you new. I've cleansed you. And I want the power of your cleansed unity being led by me to go and do a marvelous work in this world. Live out of that new life. Act based on what God has done. So lastly, fellowship is being faithful to what God expects. He expects us to walk in this new life that he's given us. It is, uh, it is, it is key that we realize fellowship is being focused on God personally. Fellowship is being a force used for God's glory that we might care for our, our internal needs as well as external needs, and that fellowship is being faithful to what God expects of us. Family, I, I am here because God has allowed fellowship to happen in my personal heart. And that is where it starts for some. For others, it has started with fellowship happening in the community. I, I know someone who came to faith by volunteering. And so I'm not going to say that there's one way for you to experience fellowship. What I will say is that it's key to Christian growth. And as we are talking about the foundations, let this beautiful, loving God pour into you and you share in an intimate experience with him but also let that overflow into fellowship with one another that God defines, leads, and dictates. My prayer is that we will all be able to rejoice in the beautiful ways that he's working in us and working through us, but that we also give each other patience as there's going to be some, some growing pains as God reveals stuff and works it out in us. Amen? If you are a person that... Uh, you're, you're struggling right now saying, I, I hear you talking about fellowship. 
I just don't feel like what I could offer God, he would even want it. I feel like this God, if he's real, he wouldn't want what I have to offer. We want to say you are amongst good company because none of us are worthy enough to earn the love that God has given us. We are simply all humbled that he would overwhelm us with his care, mercy and grace and take filthy rags. But make them new. And that is what he wants for your life. He wants you to experience a new life in him. And that can start today. And so our prayer is that you would accept Jesus into your heart today, not having all the answers. But saying, I'm willing to walk with this God. When we have communion, um, I'll be standing up here to the side. If you would like to accept Jesus into your heart and say, I want to start living for God. And I'd love to have this church help me understand what that is. Just simply come up and say to me, I want to live for God, Pastor. We're going to take communion now. And uh, I probably should end with prayer first. Let me pray. Glory to the Lamb. Father, your uh, willingness to dwell with us, allow us to experience koinonia, this fellowship with you and then fellowship with one another. You humble us, God, because fellowship just isn't about our own agendas, but it is about your agenda. Help us, Lord. Let us rejoice in you that you've given us the ability to overcome sin, and uh, we want to walk in it. Lord, we're grateful, and we pray that whoever that we all would be empowered to live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.